So, Seppi, um, we're going to start from scratch because our last call, I think we're just going to scrap it. And we're going to go with, uh, we're just going to go with the flow. But what yeah. it would be nice to know is, uh, once again, in brief, who is Seppi? A little bit of well, a rundown. Well, you know, I thought about I kind of thought about that question the last time the tech kind of destroyed our, our flow. And I was like, yeah. what I what I started doing the last time was kind of like explaining my resume. I felt like, oh, this is where I was born. And then I did this and then I did that. And it's kind of a boring way to approach a question that's that big as like, who is Seppi? Like, I mean, we're so used to like explaining what we do that, that when somebody asks us who we are, we just get really stuck. Like, who am I, honestly? I mean, that's a really huge philosophical existential question. Yet I dove in the last time into like, just explaining to you where I was born, where I went to school, which I guess is interesting for me, but I don't know if it's interesting for someone else. Well, it does give some, some context to okay. then learn, like you could always begin in both ways, right? Someone could start off philosophical and you're like, wait a minute, where are you from? And then he's like, ah, I was born in a tribe in the Amazon. And you're like, right. oh, okay, that's why he's like that. And right. then you could also learn where someone's from. And then you're like, ah, that's why they're like that. So it goes both ways. I mean, you know, I, I think I, it's all critical yeah. information either way. Right. So I can dive into it. Because it puts it, the whole image together. It puts the whole, yeah. the whole picture. So however, you, you know, like, I'm glad you're thinking about it because it's also... Have you ever typed in your name into Google just to see what comes up? Yeah, a lot of boring stuff comes up, like my profile on LinkedIn. There's nothing fun that comes up. <laughs> no, but at least you did it, you know? So you just try to, like, people are trying to figure out, like, what, 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 uh, what, like, who am I? What am I? And uh, it's a good question to ask once in a while because sometimes people just get caught up in that whole thing. Like, oh, I'm, a, I'm from Sweden and I'm a firefighter. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. that's their mm -hmm. whole thing. But they might be more... It might be less, but they might be more. I guess I'm opposed to the whole, I'm not opposed to the question, but I guess I'm critical of the question because I myself find it kind of boring listening to people's resumes when what you do want to know instead are the interesting stuff. Like how well, did it- So tell me the interesting stuff. There no, we go, but let's, let's go into it. With all due respect, well, let's start doing the, let's start doing the backdrop of, of who I am and then we can dwell into that later on, but- um, but well, I'm, I, I was born to Persian parents in Iran and we moved when I was two and a half years old. So I'm technically born somewhere else, but I never, I don't really have any memories of having lived in Iran since I was so little. They moved to Sweden, which is where I've grown up and gone to school, high school, all throughout university. Um, and literally I consider, I guess I consider Sweden my home base, really. Iran feels like home, doesn't really feel like home to be honest. You've been back all. there? I have been back a few times. We went back for, when we were kids, we used to go back more often and spend summer holidays there. And it used yeah. to be more fun. As I get older, I don't, I have enjoyed it less and less. Um, so I, it's really not a priority anymore going there but I do remember having enjoyed it as a kid. And I do, I'm happy that we did those things because it created like a context um, yeah. as to who I am. But anyway, pretty much just went to school all throughout in Sweden. And I did, I started university pretty early. Um, at 19, I started studying law school here. But then after, 
law school or even in between law school, it's been a lot of like jumps. It's been of um, living abroad during several time periods. I studied part of my law degree in Spain and Barcelona. I did my internship in Mexico City. I've been jumping on and off different branches pretty much ever since. So, and currently I'm based in Dominican Republic. As you know, we're from the same town. Yeah. Um, and that's where I've been based the past five years. So you're mentioning last time a little bit that you, you have this law degree. You're using the law degree though, plus or minus for your professional side. You mean if I'm life. using it right now? Yeah, like you studied what type of law was it? I don't know if we if we dove into that, but maybe it might no, be good. interesting. Oh, I studied, honestly, I think law degrees look differently in different countries, but the system, the law degree that I have is a pretty much a master of laws. And it's pretty much each semester you dwell into a certain area of law. So it's kind of, I mean, it's not called anything in particular, in particular but I guess it's a general law degree if I were to like explain it. And then upon the end, writing my thesis, you could branch out and kind of choose your area of interest. And in my case, I chose intellectual property. So I wrote my thesis around trademark law. And, okay. and what were you trying to prove with that? Honestly, I don't know if I was trying to prove anything. Uh, do you want to know the brutal honesty? I wrote it because the guy that was like my mentor was known as a pretty sloppy guy that didn't have really high demands and he wasn't really keen on I mean some teachers took their mentor role really seriously and they wanted you to show up like twice a week to have meetings and checkups of where you were at in your thesis work but I pretty much chose the biggest slacker in the faculty of law because I kind of liked his vibe that he was pretty chill and back <laughs> so I actually had a boyfriend in Barcelona back then so I ended up leaving and writing my thesis from Barcelona during six months. So I really didn't have any meetings with him. And he gave me the, the highest, um, was it like, how do you say grade. highest grade? Um, I think it was well-deserved, but I mean, I didn't see the guy nor really being, I wasn't really in touch with him during my thesis work. So you got out pretty easy then? I mean, I think I'm very smart. So I still think I did what I was supposed to do, but it's just, a little bit sums up my philosophy in life, which is I don't really like all of the admin stuff around the main task. I mean, it's kind of like the, my life philosophy where I kind of try to strip away meetings and admin and briefs and stuff and just focus. It's kind of, I'm kind of autistic that way. Like, it's like, I want to write my thesis. I'll write my thesis. There's no need for me to show up twice a week to talk about writing my thesis. Yeah, 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 I get Need you, I'll write an email, yeah. <laughs> and where did you because now you're saying that that you that you're sort of like this when did you figure out that you were like this uh, when were you honestly, able to start putting it into words I feel like as long as I can remember I've been a person which is going to sound listen it's not about me being sloppy at all because I don't think I would have achieved half of the things I've achieved if I were but I think I'm a person whose philosophy is minimal effort maximal gain which means that i really try not to choose the easy way because i've definitely not chosen chosen easy ways but i don't like overcomplicating things in life and i don't like excess admin so 
I guess kind of that's part of the reason why I started my own company because I felt like in the course of working for others, which definitely has its advantages, I felt many times that a lot of like normal nine to five work life revolves around a lot of admin. There's a lot of knocks on the doors. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of like having to show up between nine to five to do a certain job, while as maybe I could have easily done that job in less time and maybe focused the other time doing other things. So I think it's not so much laziness or sloppiness. It's more yeah. so that I prefer being effect- efficient when I'm supposed to be efficient and then being off when I'm off. And do you apply that in your normal, let's say your social life, or is that only in your professional life? Because what you're saying right now, from what I know from you, doesn't seem 100% like that, what you're saying right now. Uh, I'm strictly actually talking about my uh, professional life when it comes to this. I don't strip away my social life in the terms of being efficient or no, that social seppi is a totally different person. But when it comes to like tasks, yeah, then I'm very much not into the hoo-ha around stuff. And do you think there is a difference though? Like, does that sort of, uh, does it tear you apart in a way? that you that you have like two different uh is there another one is there professional seppi social seppi and then another seppi or is there just like two seppis no they're not two and they're intertwined too you know when i think about it once you like put me on the spot and ask me for example my friends know i'm not really great at checking in for example like i'm really not good at like messaging or chatting like I'm not, I'm yeah. not the type of friend that like sends a message being like, Hey, just checking in, sending you this teddy bear, uh, image, whatever that I saw of you. And all my good friends also know that every time somebody gets married or supposed to have a baby shower, I'm also not that friend. That's very much into like, logistics. let me help you organize I'm, it. I'm not like, and I think the friends that I have had that I have, which I have a lot. And most of them I have, I've had for 10 to 15 years are with me, Avi, not because of my baby shower organizing skills, but for other traits, which is when shit really goes down, they know that they can call me and they trust me. So I think I'm more of a, and when they need me, I mean, I drop everything and I listen and I'm completely there. But I yeah. think if, if a friend wants a certain level of commitment where it's like, I need you to like be more engaging, I need you to like chat more or send me messages more or check in with me more often, that's just not who I am. So I think the people that love me and who I love, they've accepted me the way I am. And they just know that I show up in different ways. So you're a bit of like a, a lone wolf in a way, an alpha lone wolf. Like you could join, you can, you can be part of a pack, but you're mm-hmm. not there just chilling by the campfire all the time. No. And I definitely, I mean, I always say that I'm an introverted extrovert, which means that I can definitely be super social. And I think anybody that views me from the outside definitely see somebody that's super social but at the same time I really need alone time to recharge and I don't like chatting I don't like messaging a lot I don't like talking on the phone (laughs) there's certain things that I just which is also pretty like autistic right like I like let's pretty much checking off all the boxes with this phone call right now (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying that you need that alone time to like recharge. So what do you do in like alone time to recharge? Like, what does that entail? Does that like, is there like routines behind that? Is there specific, um, 
specifics behind that or like and how do you know when you have to go into that mode and how do you know when you have, when you can go out of that mode I mean it's very organic to be honest um I'm just I love being at home I love like home means just indoors indoors exactly like in my home space like now I'm in Sweden I'm at my parents house I don't mind creeping up inside I love reading books I love diving into like a series and just watching it alone in bed I really have no I don't have a hard time entertaining myself or being with myself at all I love taking long walks when I'm in Europe and I have the chance to like walk so I'm not one of those people that needs to be with other people at all times and but I do love the balance of it. You know, I do feel it in DR, for example, where we live a more active lifestyle, or at least I feel like I do. I feel like I'm constantly like surrounded by people, which I love. But yeah. let's say if weekend where I've been like maybe at a dinner on Friday and then maybe on Saturday, I go on an excursion with a group of friends. By the time Sunday comes and people want to like maybe continue and have beers or watch the sunset at somebody's house, I'll be like, okay, I'm, I need to go home now. And then I might have like a break of like three to four days where I'm not socializing that much until I've like regained my energy again. So does it drain you like that social side of it? Is that like a, like, does it uh, sort of take a toll on it, on yourself? It doesn't take a toll. I really enjoy it when I'm in it, but I also really feel my boundaries where I'm like, okay, it's been too much, too many people, too much socializing. I just want to be alone right now. Like, let's say I've had a really active weekend. I might balance that out the next weekend where I'm like, I'm not going to book anything where everything comes up organically. I might do it. I'm like, I'm also like, everybody knows me knows that I hate planning because I don't know how I'm going to feel next week. So I'm like, I'm very bad at committing. Like next week, we're going to go for dinner on Thursday. Blah, blah, I'll, I'll probably be like, I, I can't commit to that now, but let's touch base later in the week. All right. So that's on the, so that's, so that's like how you, you handle yourself in the social side, but then it feels like a work-wise thing. If someone's like, Hey, in one month, I need this one thing. Or in one month, we have this one meeting. You'd be able to adjust accordingly. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I'm super good with deadlines. I'm super disciplined. I mean, you, you don't go through law school, which is really tough, at least right. You don't go through law school unless you're super disciplined. Plus I did three years at a really huge law firm in Sweden where it was like cutthroat work climate. You just don't do those things unless you are a disciplined person. So I'm really good at switching when it's business, it's business. And then I'm like all in, but I'm also really good at chilling when I have time. Like I work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. You know, I heard that, I think it was actually on the last talk with Marcel. I think he said that he said, I don't know how to work hard and play hard. I'm like, all right, okay. But then um, sort of random, because you mentioned that you read books, you watch series, I'm guessing you also watch movies, and you also mentioned lawyers. So four things, maybe if you can, off the top of your head, favorite book, favorite series, favorite movie, and what do you think about lawyers in general? Mm. It's going to sound really pretentious really pretentious i'm not saying this to sound pretentious because i hate pretentious people but it's really hard for a reader that that's read a lot to kill your darlings and i, I mean i read so much that i don't i wish i had like a system in my yeah. computer where i like organize them and put like a little note it's impossible yeah. for me to like remember everything i've read so what strikes me of course is the things i recently read that impacted me that i really loved mm-hmm. uh, so i i i do 
read kind of broad like I, I read literature but then I read a lot of like socioeconomic literature as well let's say I read a piece two summers ago that was called Evicted it was a big seller in in the states which was pretty much a reporter going underground and examining the real estate um real estate market in the in the United States and how poor people are shuttled shuttled between different forms of like temporary housing and how they just never really catch up that like uh, yeah. how the real estate market is really privatized and there's a lot of incentive for people to make money but not so much for so like I love that type of literature that like examines uh, different structures in society and how they affect like the the little man whatever it's called like the average joe but yeah. the, when we like literature which is like more creative writing what strikes me which i've also recommended to everybody that i like that they should read it it was a novel i read a few months ago that's called a little life which is really just ever since i read that it's been i've i've had like a literature hangover because it's just nothing ever is How close to it good. yeah yeah, I'm also a little bit offended, by the way, that you that you send this book to everyone you like, and I guess I lost it in the mail somewhere. Maybe went to the junk mail, uh, missed the message. Maybe the, maybe you typed in the wrong Charles Osterlin, but I just never saw it. So I don't know. I feel like you. I think I know that you're an avid reader, reader, but I just feel like you are more prone to just one second, one second. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, sorry, it was just the post. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, still, they still do that over there? The post? The post, yeah, the postman comes. So what does he send? What do they send nowadays? Letters, bills. They still send bills by paper. I thought they're all yeah. environmentally friendly over there. Of, you, a lot of it is automized and you can still get less, but uh, there's digital letter boxes or whatever. Like I have one, so all um all letters that comes comes from like uh, public authorities. Like I have a digital inbox, but there's still some that comes physical through mail. Yeah. But anyway, the reason yeah. I haven't recommended you just to like tie up what we were talking about is because I mm -hmm. feel like you're more into like business and self-improvement and I don't really see you as, but maybe I'm mistaken. I don't necessarily have seen you ever discuss like a creative piece of writing, but maybe you do enjoy those things. Is the book by Hanya Yana Jirhara, A Little Life? Yeah, that's the one. I probably butchered yeah. his last name, but, or her last name. It's actually a her. She's Japanese, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, extremely good piece of writing that just really makes you feel a lot of different stuff where you're like, I wish I would have written this. <laughs> Have you, uh, have you considered writing a book? Is that? Yet again, a very triggering, pretentious question that's going to require like a pretentious answer. But I mean, I love writing, so. Yeah. Like you like writing more than Facebook statuses or you like writing? No, I like writing, writing. I've pretty much written my entire life, but I mean, I don't mind. I'm not on Facebook that much, but I do use my Instagram sometimes to like get stuff out. But the format in itself is not really equipped for writing because it's just so short and fast. And sometimes I miss like a forum where I can like write more in depth, but mm -hmm. I definitely use Instagram to do like cute little, cute little like stories where I like get creative with it sometimes. What's a cute little story? Do you remember one? 
No, but I like being funny on Insta story and I also like being political. So I don't know. I might like take something that's happening right now, like on within like pop culture or politics, and I'll I might like put my own spin on it and just post it to make people laugh or maybe to make people think. I don't know if they think that much, but I mean so yesterday, yesterday I wrote I'm on an Instagram detox right now since yesterday, but I don't but you don't watch my stories. But yesterday I passed by an antique shop here. No, it wasn't an antique shop. It was a book. It was a bookstore with used books. And there was a book that was written by Bill Clinton, former U.S. president. And it, yeah. the, the, the title of the book was Giving. So then I just, <laughs> I just got like a, an epiphany. So then I wrote on my Instagram. I was like, hmm, kind of odd that this book is written by Bill Clinton because I see him more as a receiver than a giver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cute little things like that. <laughs> little little jabs here and there. I don't know. If, I don't know if the millennials got that reference. I don't even know if they know who Clinton is, but you know. Yeah. No. It's um. It's an interesting time because some people like. You know, you try to think about it. You're like, you know how older generations might be like ah oh, you guys don't know anything anymore and you don't know how to do this or do that like let's say practical mm -hmm. things but then you also wonder. It, is it actually important for them to learn those things, you know, mm. or are we just saying it's important for them to learn those things because we know those things and we want them to eat the same shit we ate and, right. you know, like bring them back to our level type thing. So that's sort of like the, the tricky thing there too, is that um, if we try to get people to do sort of what we were doing before, then maybe nothing new might come out of it. And I'm not saying that we're going in the right direction, uh, like that I feel like we're going in the right direction, but it's also a question that could be asked. You know, sometimes you're just trying to push your own agenda onto people. I mean, like, oh, because I did this, you should do that sort of thing. No, totally. Yeah. And then again, they're like, ah, who cares if uh, Bill Clinton did that with that person and this and that, like, might not affect their lives. But it is good to get some context because these people are running uh, countries and uh, political... Yeah, uh, yeah. policies that are affecting so it should be should be known but in any case uh you mentioned one of your sort of favorite books in a way well favorite recent books which is a little life and does it teach like sort of any principles in a way or is it just like the writing that you enjoyed like what uh, is it like I a mean, story it was, it, it was the plot i'm not going to get into the plot because i feel yeah. like but it's really about I mean principles well I guess like principles of life then it talks a lot about in a creative way I guess you learn a lot about love friendship and like vulnerability and it's just very beautifully written and I feel like the person that wrote it obviously these characters are made up but she has a lot of insight into human psychology which I found fascinating so it's not just a creative piece of writing I feel like she's really yeah in tune with like human psychology and how we're wired and stuff. So it's just a beautiful piece of work, honestly. No, and that's why like I, even though I like to read, uh, let's say more practical books in a way, like, I don't know what yeah. could be other terms, scientific, things of this nature right. that are a bit more dry. Um, I do mm -hmm. find when people are able to take these dry concepts yeah. and turn them into a more digestible format, uh, mm -hmm. it sort of helps people maybe understand the it's always like metaphors, right? If you could come up with good metaphors, it just helps people understand things. 
Yeah. And um, I think that's also a good thing in general because not everyone wants to read that dry stuff because they're just like, this is boring. This is too analytical. This is too this, this is too that. But when you put it in a little story mm-hmm. with uh, little characters and everything, they learn those lessons like, wow, it's so nice what Billy did to Jane. And yeah, you know, so yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know if I learned anything, but I was definitely enriched by, after having read it. Well, I guess that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. And, and then you ask me about series, my favorite series, right? Movie. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what do you think about Lawyers then? That's the next one after that, after those three. So series is kind of easy, super cliche, but I'm a big Sopranos fan. Uh, I mean, I think Sopranos is kind of like one of the best things that's ever been made on old school TV. So definitely Sopranos with the whole plot of like an Italian mafia, New Jersey, really tough guy who simultaneously has like psychological mental problems and you follow him in therapy. I just find it genius. It's just so well done. Uh, it's just a, also genius. So I would say Sopranos is a winner there. And when it comes to movies, I honestly don't watch that that much anymore because I really feel like I've become that like digital modern consumer where I have a hard time really focusing on a film for like an hour 40. Like I find my attention span works pretty okay with like a series of like half an hour, 40 minutes. Once we're talking like plus one hour, I find myself checking the phone and taking breaks. Like it's hard for me to maintain attention. Yeah. Um, Unless so, but but I t- generally sway away from these commercial Hollywood movies. So when I do watch, I try to f- find more art house movies and more underground movies, like more independent artistic movies. Yeah. So lately I've watched two Asian movies that were great. One was Parasite that I think won an Academy Award that was amazing, Korean movie. And then mm-hmm. actually a few days ago, I watched a Japanese movie called Shoplifters. And it's just like beautiful movies that kind of like, make you think a little bit and they're not black and white. Mm-hmm. So I think once I do watch a movie once in a blue moon, it's pretty much not going to be something on Netflix. It's going to be something that I researched about and it's going to be like probably some movie from like Lebanon or Korea. But it's interesting <laughs> that you said Parasite because it sounds, it rings a bell in my head. Like if um, someone mentioned it and I think it's on Netflix. I don't think it's on Netflix, to be honest, but it's, I mean, you probably read about it or heard about it somewhere because it was kind of big, like, and it apparently won an Academy Award, so you've probably seen it. Okay. Or, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Yannick and Robertico, two friends of yours, watched yeah. it at some point, so they might have talked to you about it. Yeah, that's why, because you know how you said that, and you're like, I like underground, and then you mentioned that, and I'm like, wait, that's on the main, on mainstream platform. So I'm yeah, like, no, that's not. It's I'm like, did she not, get did she get swindled on there? You know, like, oh, this is an indie film. Foot. No, and they're getting. I mean, it's a film that won a lot of acclaim, so I guess it's not indie anymore. But I was, it's more the type of movie that I was talking about. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I get you. More like they have to the story or the context has to be good because they don't have the budget for exploding cars and uh, totally. big big name people. <laughs> Yeah, like more the nuances of things. And I do like, I think there's a theme when it comes to my favorite series and my favorite movies. They're all characters that aren't black and white. They're not inherently good and they're not inherently black. Um, Sorry, they're not inherently good and they're not inherently bad, which means that you as a viewer 
that you get to like choose and second guess yourself and change your view on them rather than being served like a fully made, a ready made concept where it's like, this is the bad guy and this is a good guy. It's like, really, we're all human, right? So we're all super complex characters, which I mean, all of us carry good and bad. And it's just, I think Sopranos is really good at showing that. Sometimes you really, you're really sympathetic to Tony Soprano and you kind of like the guy. And then mm -hmm. other points you're like, whoa, but he's doing really horrific things. Same with Parasite, they're like a family, a really tight-knit family. They're super close to each other, super loving, yet they're living their life on morally questionable grounds. Same yeah. with the movie, the Japanese movie I watched, which is, which is called Shoplifters. Tight-knit family, there's a darkness and a, and a little thing that you, en you end up like realizing at the end of the movie. Like morally questionable people that are still likable. I kind of am a sucker for a theme like that. Well, isn't that everyone in a way? Well, yeah, that's what I, well, th that's why I find like Hollywood or Netflix typical movies kind of fake because I just don't really believe the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like wondering, yo, what's the Hulk doing while he's not being filmed, guys? What is he, what is yeah. this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. Or is he just sitting there waiting for the camera to turn on? Oh, the camera's on? All right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, yeah. Um, what do you think about lawyers in general? You know, you went down the law path and do you think lawyers are an integral part of society? Do you think uh, they've done more good than bad in general? Like, because were lawyers a thing? Like, do you know the history of lawyers? I don't know the history, but I'm just wondering if you know the history, like when they actually came about, like who, who sort of said like, we need this guys? No, I don't. Hmm. So then with what you do know, what do you think? Because I think the lawyer part is good in the way that you learn how to like analyze words, situations, I guess, for the most part. And you could sort of uh, shuffle through a lot of information and yeah. uh, like have some uh, Jedi mind powers. But um, the other side of it is like, from some lawyers that I've met, I was always like, oh, why, what do you, what type of law do you do? And they're like, criminal law, for example. And or tax laws or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, okay, why do you do that? They're like, well, most of the money is in defending criminals because they have the money. And then I'm like, that's interesting that you'd go down that path. And they're like, yeah, the laws are sort of, like you can go into protecting the innocent, they say, but they don't usually have the money to pay the bills because they're getting screwed by the guys that have the money to then- Are these PR lawyers that you're talking about? <laughs> Some yes, uh, but also uh, there's been other lawyers that have been like, they started off defending the good guy, you know, and only wanting to take cases where they're like, if someone came in and they knew that the guy was not telling them what the actual situation was, you know, and he might have actually did something illegal or something he shouldn't have done, they were like, ah, I don't want to take your case. But then they also realized that the guys that are getting sort of screwed by the law and they actually weren't wrong or they, you know, whatever it might've been, they realize that sometimes those guys didn't have the same financial resources to maybe pay the bills that uh, like, you know, the lawyer lifestyle, right? Most, most people that study lawyers don't wanna be broke. They're doing it for like some sort of financial no. end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I think it's it's a question of like, you're like, how are lawyers? It's like, well, 
you know, it depends on what type of law you're doing. You have everything from like environmental lawyers that pretty much like working really hard to maintain like, I don't know, a lake somewhere. And at the yeah. same time, you have these lawyers that work in criminal court and they're defending like the, the bad guys that you're talking about. And then you have like the type of lawyer that I was, which is pretty much just working in an office doing contract work. Like I was like, gotcha. I worked with commercial law the three years where I worked in a law firm. So it was just business, like in people doing business. It wasn't that personal. So I think it's so hard to like. What do you think? Like lawyers sort of slow down. The lawyer is. If they slow down, like it slows down processes, you know, because like back in the day it was a handshake, and now it's like, nah, handshake's not good enough. You need to have it in writing. You need to have all these clauses. Yeah, know? but the thing is, you don't need to over. I mean, there's definitely cultural differences with laws in different countries. I don't know if you come from a more like American type of view law, where it's like. You know, Americans are kind of known to be very like kind of regulating everything down to a T and like American contracts when we used to get them in my law firm, we used to be like, oh my God, they literally wrote like 40 pages of something that we could have written like two. So I think that the type of law background that I come from, what what, what they really stressed in law school and my law firm was very much like simplify. A lot of it was like simplifying, like don't use overly complicated words unless you have to don't write 40 pages if you can be more to the point because the more words, the more room for misinterpretation, right? So I I think you were really like, you were really, you really nailed it when you were like the, the skills of a lawyer because it really is about that. It's about being able to like view a, an accumulation of information and like very quickly like systematize that and block out the things that are like really not important and, and like with a Hawkeye kind of like identifying the main topics and issues. That's kind of what we go to school learning. You don't learn about laws. You learn like a craft pretty much, which honestly I think is pretty much the craft is blocking out the bullshit and just getting straight to the point. Yeah. I think that's what the law, my law background kind of gave me that I don't really have a lot of time or patience with the bullshit, all the, the around I'm very much into like yes and what do you mean by this do you know what I mean like pretty much you have to get to a point for us to be able to argue for your case right so yeah and with that said I don't know how lawyers are I do know that I didn't have a lot of things in common with people in law school I found them kind of nerdy and like boring and I feel like I was more bohemian and free and a little bit more like less conservative in my so I mean I guess in law school was a lot of like good guys and good girls that like did what their parents expected of them and they had good grades and they continued with that I just felt like there wasn't really room for like misfits or more fun personalities in law school I didn't make that many friends which is weird because I make friends everywhere I go so yeah. that was but then when I worked in the commercial field I mean they like money and <laughs> <laughs> They are oftentimes smart and um, there's a lot of money in it. Sure. At least in the, at least where I was working, money was flowing in. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's nice. But I mean, obviously I'm not practicing law anymore and I don't really see myself as a typical lawyer. So it's hard for me to like generalize. Yeah. No, I guess um, I'm just looking at it from the outside and, uh, you know, I see that generally lawyer oh, I guess that's also 
I think it's in every country, but a lot of lawyers, like they, especially like in the States, right? There's some lawyers that just sit in a park and they're waiting for something to happen to be like, hey, let's sue these guys, you know? Mm. And it's like, they sort of just use it like that. And I find it's more uh, causing issues than anything. It's like, I think there was a stat with uh, parks in the States. The reason why they're disappearing is because it was costing a lot of money to the, to the cities and the places that had them because they're getting like law cases, like uh, lawsuits from them right? Because uh, some kid fell off the, the jungle gym and now well, they're that, suing the state because, hey, you well, should have made the jungle gym two feet instead of 2.5 feet. And like, right. well, that's, you're talking about the American law system, which is like yeah. legal system, which is like, you can't compare that to me who's like trained in Europe, worked in Sweden. You know, it's like, it's just, we don't sue each that's other different. as frequently here. We don't sue each other because we bought a coffee cup with hot yeah. coffee from McDonald's and we spilled it in our lap. I mean, it's not the way our legal system is built and it's, there's no bullshit money to be made in Sweden. You don't sue people left and right. So I think that's more uh, an American legal culture, which definitely I don't agree with. But then again, I'm not overly interested in it either. Like I'm not, I, I don't really care. So you're saying though, from what you've seen, that doesn't really happen anywhere else except for... I think that's very typically American, the, the, the way with lawsuits, how they function and definitely, and that goes back to, I mean, I have no idea. I've never, I haven't researched this at all. So I don't know, but I'm guessing like, I mean, from my own tiny experience, every time I used to see like an American contract written by an American law firm, it was a lot of like regulation. Like it was a lot of text. I mean, I'm yeah. saying like something in 40 pages that we would have written in four. So, I mean, that kind of leaves room that that's like micromanaging and and kind of trying to regulate every possible thing that could happen and i guess that their legal system is built in a way where it's easier to sue i don't know yeah i don't know mm. no it's a it's a whole nother it's a whole nother thing exactly. but um it was just interesting to see what sort of your thought on that is. And then you were mentioning before, like this sort of cutthroat approach in the business world, like a firm that you're working for. So what do you think about that? Do you think that, um, cause you're, you, you talked a little bit about like how the younger generation's going, the business world, like, what do you think about business in a sense? Like, do you think it's getting into a point where um, businesses are too efficient or taking the fun out of things and they're just trying to make money to make more money to make more money do you think that's that's all right it's not all right how do you sort of see that whole that whole thing playing out i mean i guess the culture where i come from the swedish culture where there's definitely work-life balance like it's the way our system is created there's work-life balance and also there's been a huge movement with unions here that really the worker isn't just like a random joe that you can exploit for your own economical purposes yeah. kind of like shaped the way i see business i see definitely business as definitely you should be efficient and do what you're hired to do but I definitely don't, I, I definitely think that there needs to be a humane aspect in business where you, at the end of the day, attend to like people and that you create a, a work environment that is adapted to people and not just like efficiency and productivity. I think that you can attain productivity by actually being fair to people too. Because you mentioned like some people don't think, like you said that like, very briefly it was like a little comment that you threw and you're like ah oh, maybe people don't think 
uh, if they do. And so I'm just wondering, like, because when you look into unions, right, I, I don't know much about unions, but I would guess they sort of have like a everyone is equal type thing. You know, everyone in our union is the same, but it's like they actually might not be the same. Joe no, might be better than Bob and Bob yeah, but... might be better than Joe and Jane together. So... But, but it's, not, it's not like Swedish economy, for example, that's very much backed by years of unions. That's like kind of the, the workers right today is kind of the product of the work done by the unions. It's not like um, John, for example, who's super efficient and like great at what he does, that he doesn't enjoy a raise or extra bonuses due to his work. It's just it creates a level playing field where it's just like workers cannot be exploited in whatever way the employer pleases which means that there yeah. are rules and regulations about working hours and if you work on saturdays and sundays you get paid extra because it's typically time that you're supposed to spend with your family or off time or you're allowed to certain weeks of vacation during the year because we are we aren't robots like we're human and i i believe that you can be efficient yet treating people fairly and dignified maybe you can't be efficient the way a Chinese factory would, would view efficiency, but that type of efficiency is not something that I find is like the future of business. What do you think is the future of business? I don't know. I don't know what future of business is. I just don't, I just know what I don't really agree with and it's putting profit over people. I think that you can manage profit while at the same time not being an asshole to people. And maybe sometimes you need to like have a little bit less profit, but then have like a clean conscience of how you treat people in your workforce, how you treat the environment. I think, I hope that the future of business is less productivity and getting X amount of products out on the market during a minimal amount of time and more like, okay, what are our company values and how are we treating our workers? And are we in tune with like the environment and political, you know, stuff that's happening around the world i yeah i've never run a big business so it's i'm just speaking freely no it's interesting to 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 sort of to like just ponder about and think about it because i think like yeah there is some truth behind that but you know also you said like ah oh, we're human but i'm like what's the difference between being human and animals <laughs> uh, like intellect the the ability to like um analyze or but isn't that just like how we isn't that just like we're we're the ones who are setting the bar so it's very easy for us to pass the bar you know in a way like we're not asking like hey dog what do you think like uh, we about like humans like cows we were like ruled by cows and it would be like cow rules applying well i mean i would love being a cow because i would like laying grass and like just talk with my homies all day until i was killed so like <laughs> <laughs> i mean but i mean i don't know if cows have the same ability to like organize a society maybe well, they do you know yeah. <laughs> maybe they do sharks are around still you know there's lobsters respect for animals i really do i just i'm really i get bored with animals like i'm not really an animal person i have the utmost respect for animals yeah. but yeah so I don't you think don't a cow see... is as intellectual as i am 
so you don't see like humans and like what you're saying humans us right now and apes similar like you yeah. don't like you're sort of separating yourself you're like i'm a human that's a monkey no that's no. everybody that's ever watched national geographics know that we are so similar to apes like i love when they like play with each other's hair and stuff like i'm like oh my god i would totally be that ape but oh, I don't know where you're headed with this question. I'm, I feel like we're going into like animal kingdom uh, territory and I'm not really, I don't feel like- No, I'm, no, I'm not, it's not, it's not nothing specific. It's just like, you're mentioning the union side, the fact of efficiency, uh, rights, this and that. And then like, I'm sort of wondering uh, with all that, it's like, who decides where the bar is on what's acceptable you even said like ah saturdays and sundays are like days you shouldn't be working and i'm like who decided that why do we even have seven day schedules why do we have the calendar as it is you know and then why are we structured around the calendar as such you know no but i the thing is i think we agree on that point i agree with you like definitely like i'm what if I'm normal life was flipped around like we live during the night and then during the day, we were all sleeping, yeah, you know, exactly. and then people were like, oh, I'm getting up uh, tonight at 8 p.m. And I'm going to work. And this is uh, we're all going to hang out at 12 p.m. at night. And we're going to go mean, swimming. I totally get where you're headed. And like I, for example, I am a huge fan of like the four hour work day, for example. I don't think that we need eight hours to do work unless it's like extraordinary points where you have a big deadline or big project whatever so definitely all of those things are up for grabs like you could change those are just structures in society that have been in place for a long time and they became the bar just like you say however I do have to say that there are definitely I'm sure psychological and physiological arguments behind it like when like we are mostly efficient during the day unless you're like night type protective person we definitely feel good by five weeks extended holiday per year i mean it's there's just scientific proof to, to the fact that after you've worked it's kind of good for you to have a break of like, like two days i don't really care if those days are saturdays and sundays you can have those days like tuesday and wednesday but i mean i do think that there's it does a affect people though in what way like for example in our own uh, operations people don't want to work uh, a sunday they're like oh no sunday sunday's fun day even rhymes so it must be right <laughs> can't, you can't fight with the rhymes guys yeah but i mean is it must be true. I find it a non-issue because whoever you are employing or whoever you're working with is going to require downtime to be able to come back and provide you full efficiency if you want to have a business where you're like monday is actually my fun day then you know by all means do it but yeah. but you know but then There's you won't something. get that you won't get that actual happy hour of Saturday. So <laughs> I just find like downtime is important when you're working. Yeah. But also the important thing is is working while you're working. And totally. a lot of people are not working while they're working and then they want the extra time off and then they want this and then they want that and then they yeah. saw something on the TV and they're like, "Hey guys, in this one company, people only work one and a half hours and then they sleep the rest of the time and then they sing Kumbaya for three hours of it. And it's great. But I mean, you wouldn't hire that person if you did yeah. that person would be out within two weeks. So that's also a non-issue. Like my whole, the whole foundation of what I'm speaking of, like kind of like 
you need, like the starting point is that it's a normally functioning person that actually goes to work and works. But th but then again, I don't think that everybody's efficient all hours of the workday. Far mm -hmm. from it. So let's just say you have a worker that achieves his or her goals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So for yourself, after you finished, uh, let's say your formal studies, did you continue to sort of actively try to learn and develop yourself or did you slow down or are you like how did you sort of play that out because what I also see even though I'm younger is that people sort of stop after they finish formal education they're like I am educated enough now I can function the rest of my 75 more years on this planet or 80 more years and I'm going to be fine. I don't need to learn anything else. Mm. Do you, how did you, how did that play out for yourself? Like, do you find that there is, do you find that you yourself continue to develop and push yourself or not so much or, and why did you slow down? You know, like, let's say in school, you're studying very intensely, you said, and then you just shift the gear down. You went from sixth gear down to you're just cruising on third. Yeah. I mean, no, listen, when you, when I did that university degree of like four or five years, and then plus that I studied Spanish, like Spanish literature in university too, just for yeah. fun. Uh, let's just say I'm not really keen on going back to school, if that's what you mean. So if it's learning like academically, like, even though sometimes I can be like, oh, I wish I could like have the energy to like study psychology and become like a psycho like a psychologist. Why don't you do yeah. it? No, well, I could do it theoretically, but you know what it is? Like once you've done like one of those big, big ass like university degrees, it's tough. It requires a lot of commitment, a lot of time. It's not easy because if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. So I, if you ask me if I'm ready to go back to academia and like, no, no, I don't have any. However, learning can be done in so many different ways. I think I'm constantly learning in the way that I'm a person that craves information and craves like intellect being stimulated intellectually. So I think I'm constantly learning, but it's just more selective learning, which is like I read books that it, with like themes that fascinate me. Yeah. I watch documentaries that I like to learn more about. I I, I write I, I read a lot of like good articles and like good online magazines about different things that interest me. So I I am constantly learning. However, I'm just not learning in the traditional sense of the way where I'm like graded or like somebody's sure. like yeah. Do you so agree I think yourself? I, however, I do, you know, I do agree that I, if I was in the sixth gear, I've definitely slowed down because I also am like a person that likes to like enjoy life. And my twenties was all about the hustle. It was just hustling, doing a lot of stuff to create this foundation, the CV. I did a lot of stuff where I didn't really get any profit back. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, not directly. So I feel like now in my thirties, I've become a little bit more where I'm like, I don't have to make x amount it's because I, if i can make like amount y and i'm still living okay i'd rather have my like downtime where i can surf or socialize or read books or like you know i'm not keen on like killing myself anymore for like success and let's say if everyone shares these sort of views right mm. how do you see the future going well, in my case, it would be going, I mean, it would be going well because I still get shit done. But <laughs> I get that not everybody can like yeah. work the way I do and get shit done. 
I don't know. I just find like for me, I can't judge for anybody else. I just find work-life balance really important. And for a person that studied her ass off and then worked in a really intense environment, the legal, I just kind of enjoy uh, working hard, but also like just toning it down a little bit. Like, yeah, but I'm what I'm sort of saying is like, what is the what is the? Oh, that's actually maybe better. There, no, sounds worse. Maybe like this this ten million dollar studio over here. I have this little light right here that uh, from Sweden from Ikea. Yay! That, uh, it's just blinding me. It's blinding my eyes. But in any case, um, no, because what I'm wondering is like, let's say you're you're surviving. You're saying you know you're you're able to do what you want to do. But I'm saying, what is it sort of leading to? right like the now what do you mean leading to the, the now it's about living i mean the now it's about feeling good now it's about day to day it's about like yeah but the legacy the, the legacy side of yourself the legacy side of society like you're living your own life right and what is it going to what is it gonna is it supposed to leave some sort of impact are you trying to leave some sort of impact or you're just oh, like, yo, I'm, I'm here right now. <laughs> I'm just going to do my, th I'm going to try to, to do as little damage as possible, use as little resources as possible. Just have enough to do my thing. I'll be over here, guys. You know, if you want to talk once in a while. I don't think that everybody needs to leave a legacy. I don't think I'm going to leave a legacy. I'll be like, she was funny. She did some jokes. Some of them were, were, were nice. Some of them yeah. were less nice. She was kind of cute, but also a little bit like dumb sometimes. Like, I don't know if that's my legacy, then so be it. I don't really, I don't think I'm that important in the grand yeah. scheme of things that I need to leave a legacy. I'll, I'll leave that to other people that are more passionate about leaving legacies. I'm just about trying to make myself as good as I can be, which means like spiritual, mental growth, emotional growth, like kind of fixing, yeah. tweaking myself. So trying to like, trying to like work on myself so I don't commit the same personal errors time and time again. So I guess that's my mission, whatever. But I think this legacy thing is very Americanized way of viewing life. And I just feel like everybody's complete. Everybody's already done uh, just by being born and being good people. I don't think a human needs to be productive. I think a human is complete and full. And, yeah. and wonderful just by being born. I don't think you need to prove anything or achieve anything. That's a very liberal market type of view of being a human being. Yeah. I don't I think it's fine to accomplish jack shit in your life, to be honest, if that's what you want. But if that's the case, where's where's that like, where's that gonna lead? You know, I mean, and then- other people that don't want to do those things. I mean, it's it's just, there's gonna be balance. You're gonna have people that are gonna be more focused on creating, a, not everybody needs to be like a scientist creating sure. this big cure for the world. Some Joe maybe just wants to go about his day and like plant flowers in his garden and that's fine. There's always gonna be enough doers. I mean- But what if there's like, a Joe that just wants to go around and just destroy that guy's flowers all day? Well, and he finds enjoyment in that. He's like, yeah, I like just destroying isn't stuff. Isn't that capitalism ruining everybody's flowers? In what sense? I mean, literally, if we were, if we like would have switched up the system and we would have had a system where you are born and just by being born and being a good human, you would have like a, you know, there's been, there's been political 
proposals of this actually of having like um, how do you say in Spanish it would be un sueldo de ciudadano how would you try yeah, to universal uh, income sort of thing not a reversal income whereas you would universal get exactly universal income system which pretty much like you're human you're born you're not a criminal we're going to yeah. give you x amount of money to live your life so i mean i don't know would that mean I mean. would that mean that there would be only one country like it'll be earth we're all citizens of earth and um and then that's it like how would that be run if there's a universal or is it like I don't, i don't know how it would be run i'm just saying like when I'm saying like capitalism is destroying people's flowers, I mean, like I find our innate nature is mm -hmm. about other things than being in a factory, like 10 hours a day, creating some plastic component that goes into a cell phone. Do you know what I mean? I mean, those people yeah. are necessary and it's all good. Right. But it's, it's very, it's not really our innate human nature. I would think like smelling the flowers is way more innately human than the other things, but then, you know, we need, production we need efficiency like i'm not a hippie that wants to live in a cave not at all i mean i'm a product of yeah. capitalist society i love money i'm not i mean i am persian i do love money so it's not that i don't it's not like i don't but i think it's very important to like discuss these things and uh, i'm not a hardcore capitalist type of person because you said like uh you don't think people should live in a in a like be in a factory and stuff like that in a way but it's like, then again, they don't have to be in the factory. If like, maybe for, let's say you are in a factory right now. Okay. Like that might be the situation right now, but hypothetically you can climb your way up or you could find another opportunity or you can do something else. Right. Well, but it's like some people, awful. they just throw their hands up and they're like, Hey guys, like, this is your fault that I'm here. And the guy's like, I'm just making iPhones, you know, like, and then I was looking for people to work here and you, you signed up. Like, I didn't force you to bring your application. I didn't force you to work here. But that's, you're also, you're again, like you're, you're again, like conveying um, a liberal chain of thought where you philosophy don't, if I, I, I inter interpret you correctly, you're kind of like, we're all born with two bare hands and whatever we make of it, it's kind of like your own, thing so if you create success then you're like good on you and if you don't that's kind of on you whereas I come from a school of thought where it's more like not everybody's born into a level playing field not everybody has the intellectual tools or the capitalistic tools yeah. or of being able to do that that person might be in China and have to like I don't know sustain like five family members and that person might be from a really poor neighborhood where he never really had an actual opportunity to even like read so like yeah. expecting a, every person to like come into this world with the same type of prerequisites to create success i just find that in, like very liberal yeah and i think that's what socialism is about which is leveling the playing field i think what a lot of people get wrong with socialism is that they think like well like you said before like well if joe's working harder and like he went to school why is he gonna like share with like karina who's like a slacker who didn't do jack shit it's not about that like society joe is gonna be way more successful money wise and in every other aspect it's just about creating a level playing field where karina the day that she decides to not be a slacker and go to school even though she's a single mom there are mechanisms in society that 
allow her to do so and not being like well you're like excuse my um, you're like a loser I was gonna say an ugly profanity but I'm not gonna say that you're a loser so you know what you didn't do jack shit so do you know what I mean yeah but what I'm trying to because I know what you're saying about what you think I'm saying and you might be right that I might have said something along those lines but I'm just like sort of like putting things out there in a way because how I also see it is that people from all places in the world have come from either fortunate or quote unquote unfortunate situations and have managed to do good and bad or successful or not successful, whatever you want to consider your measuring stick is or the term. Um, there's people from all walks of life, all countries um, that manage to pull it together, you know, and like what you said, ah, if you're born into a thing of five family members and this and that. When you're born, you don't know what um, family, you don't know what the concept of family is. Mm. You're taught that concept. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you should respect your, your dad, you should respect your mom, your brothers, your sisters, and this and that. And it's like, what if you were born with no no brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or you were abandoned and adopted and this and that so that's why i always think you know some people are like oh this is my father and i'm like why is he your father ah because like i was born from him right and i'm like okay that's i guess one definition in a way and you hear that stat with like babies being mixed up in the states you know have you heard about that like how some babies are given to the wrong parents yeah, because there's just yeah. like a bunch <laughs> so i'm yeah. like so, so that's even one so some people might be like oh this is my father and then in reality if what if it's not even right mm -hmm. and then there's some people that uh were adopted and then they don't even know they're adopted until they're 18 and they're like oh but this is my dad and then they're like and then some people say family's blood and this and that but i'm like i'm like in the end family could be whatever you want it to be yeah right so right that that whole thing is like all these sort of concepts even going back to the whole thing about weekends and days and this and that they're all just made up by someone else i agree now who made them up i don't know i agree exactly mm -hmm. and um that's why it's like i think there is this animal side to all of us that the the whole thing of having it even I don't know if that's even ideal because like even all the time, no matter what, it's like, there's just people who will uh, abuse that in a way, you know? And then it's like, why even be here if you're not going to do anything? Mm, I get, I get what you mean. And I mean, all of these things are up for like changing. Like, I mean, yeah, you just, you just said it. Like, you're like, maybe Sunday can be Monday and maybe dad could be something else. They're all just words that we, that we give certain meaning right like even even money that we were coming back to time and time again in our talk that's just an illusion too like it's just something they're just digits on a screen pretty much they're not even tangible in the sense that they were before you can't even touch money anymore so it's just an, a, a thought that we collectively adhere to but then i guess that you need a movement where you're like oh well you know hey my name is charles i hate sunday sunday is not a fun day I'd rather be Monday than you create your grassroots movement and you challenge that. And, you know, I think a lot of societal changes, I mean, you know, women couldn't vote. Now they, now they can, people didn't have holidays before. Now they do. I mean, a lot of changes in society come from somebody waking up one day being like, Hey, 
this is weird. Like, why don't we do it this way instead? So, I mean, yeah. it's all the, 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 the road for you is open or for your peers that have that motivation. And I definitely commend you, but I'm not that person in my life. I, I'm not as passionate about those things. I am more passionate about my inner development not so much leaving a, a legacy externally, more like trying to strive to being a better human and not repeating the same mistakes in Seppi's life. Maybe that sounds narcissistic. It's not narcissistic, but it's it's the way I'm wired, I guess. Yeah. No, it's just that it's, uh, it's just interesting to see, you know, and I'm, I get what you're saying too with the whole legacy thing. Like legacy thing is like a sort of an American pop concept you know it's just like you gotta leave a legacy and you know but sometimes i think legacy also how i see it is like you gotta leave some sort of order or some sort of like foundation for the next guys you know mm -hmm. and so, so sort of foundation, sorry for interrupting but i just really yeah. wanted to go i guess my my foundation then is like what i want to pass on is kindness because that's the way I was raised. Like I was raised by a dad that was very much into being fair and kind. And he just mm -hmm. always said that kindness multiplies. So if there's any legacy I would like to leave behind, that would be being kind to somebody, cutting a person some slack and then him or her passing it on. And then is there ever a point where you're too kind or not kind enough? Like how, how, do you, how does someone judge that? No, I'm sure I fail at being kind of like any other human. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect or Mother Teresa at all, but I think in most of my choices and most of my interactions yeah. with people, I'm inherently kind. I mean, it's weird saying that you're kind about yourself, but I don't, I don't think I'm unkind. I can be bitchy. That's a different thing. I think sometimes that's necessary. I'm not dumb, but I think my moral compass is always pretty like spot on. Yeah, cause I was just thinking about, I was like, imagine you're, you're at a restaurant, you tip them, like, let's say the normal's 15%, you give them 25%. And then the guy's like looking at it. He's like, you know, I think you could be a little kinder. And you're like, yo, I just gave you 25%, like 10 Yeah. But Hey, why are you getting mad? I think you could be kinder. Don't get mad. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you have these people that are like, Hey, uh, give me more, give me more kindness. Right. Or they have a different gauge of what kindness is. You know, there's no, this is kind. And uh, anything above that is godly. And anything below that is, uh, uh, I don't know what would be below that shitty. Right. So it's just like, uh, because it, I guess you're sort of working on yourself. And that's, uh, in a way, uh, already a good start, you know, because there's some people that instead of even working on themselves, they just try to tear other people down. Mm. You know, like that's what they base their life on, on maybe tearing others down or just causing shit just to cause shit because that's the other mm. thing you know how you're saying like ah uh you can start grassroots movements but some people sometimes people think of a grassroots movement and they just do it because of the heat of the moment and they don't actually understand where it might be leading to mm -hmm. you know so in the end there's also a lot of responsibility with that with um people that are trying to come up with new ways to move mm -hmm. forward as a society because it's very complex, you know, because everyone has their own philosophies, everyone has their own values. It varies mm -hmm. from person to person, country to country, family to family, everything, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, how do you make a system that is not too, let's say, wordy? You know how like you have like that uh, 40 page thing that you mentioned from the Americans, let's say, uh, mm -hmm. when they're making a contract. How do you mm -hmm. turn that into a one page thing 
that mm -hmm. can work across the board. Right. And I guess that's something that will be to be seen in the future. But it's like, yeah, you're saying, okay, the socialist side is maybe one way, the capitalist side is another way, which way is right or wrong. I think there's people that are smiling on both sides. You know, there's people that are ha that manage to find happiness on in all systems. Yeah. But then also there's a lot of people that are pretty pissed off about the systems that they're, yeah. that they're in. And, um, and it's sort of true. Like, you know, you don't want, um, I don't know. It's like, I think in the end, anyone eventually who just keeps taking and taking and taking and is a bit of a leech or a parasite, no matter how kind you are or how equal thinking you think things should be, I think like people take note of that. Totally. Like, you know, and I think you, they're like, do you see Bob over here? Like this guy just took 25 donuts again. <laughs> Is someone yeah, gonna tell I'm something to this guy? And yeah, you go to Bob like, and Bob's like, hey guys, chill out. Everything's equal, guys. We're all here. We're all on the same page. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Like, but like not to get hippie on your ass, but I also think like the universe takes notice. I do definitely believe that. I think that I've seen that, that everything you do yeah, but then does around so bob gets bob some sort of like, uh, gonna get, like, a heart attack later he's gonna eat too many donuts you so know? listen to this right here he eats too many donuts he gets a heart attack and then the system saves him because oh he has the free he has the free care guys he has the free best medical care so the doctors bring him back to good health and then he goes back the next a week later and they're like what the i thought bob just had a heart attack nah man the doctor saved him He's back at it. He's gonna keep taking them donuts. But maybe Bob will like his his close to death experience will maybe get him to reevaluate life, and then he'll be like, "Oh my god, I just no. don't want to be a so eating donuts Bob, all the time. I want to be like a Buddhist it. monk. I want to be a Buddhist monk, like doing Buddhist things, <laughs> whatever those things are, like yeah, ringing that bell do. they do in like Buddhist comments. Do you know anything about Buddhism? No, but I, I don't know enough, but I do, I'm very like non-religious and I'm like, I'm not into religion at all, but I always thought that if, it, if I had to pick any religion to like, whatever, then it would be like Buddhism, but. And why is that? Because like, into that I don't know enough and it's just going to make me appear like really dumb. No, but why out of all of the religions, you're like, uh, even though you know nothing about all of them, let's say, or not much about all of them. Why did you say like, ah, Buddhism? Because I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't know, like. Is it like after atheism? Like, it's just like, I, you have all the religion, all the types and you're like atheism, oh, Buddhism's next. I'm just gonna try that one. Yeah, no, I just feel like a lot of the other religions, like the mainstream ones are like very much like about shame and shaming and like rules. And like, you need to do this, you need to do that, which I'm very much against. And I feel like Buddhism is more about like being a kind person and like, it's about like enhancing yourself if i'm not mm -hmm. mistaken and less about like you shouldn't do this because that's shameful or you shouldn't do that because you'll go to hell yeah well it's sort of like that right if you're living on this sort of righteous path uh you don't have to worry about the other things because you wouldn't even do those other things like they don't have to right. mention don't kill people because they're like if you're on the path you have no reason to go down that path exactly so there's no need for us to like micromanage you and write it down in a book that you, sh you shall not kill someone because it's like exactly that's like just be a good person and you're just automatically not going to do a Those lot things. of like stuff exactly i don't but need what? to read that in a book yeah 
because once they start putting don't steal don't this they're like hmm stealing <laughs> ideas exactly <laughs> you mean someone else can work and then i just have to show up and take their phone and i could get that phone this is a great deal man i love this stealing religion <laughs> totally so i think we sort of touched up on it but because i was like how do you see it moving forward i'm a bit almost like sad that uh we don't have like a common like i would have loved to maybe live during the times when they're like we're gonna go to the moon guys you know and that's like everyone's plan like we're going to the moon and everyone's just talking about it like oh yeah we're going even though you're not going you know like yourself like what we're doing now is like guys we're gonna put on a mask and we're gonna go to the supermarket exactly isn't that cool the muzzle the muzzle guys let's put on a mask and my mask has a labrador on it and your mask has like pink flowers on it let's just put it on go to the supermarket and buy like milk yeah no it's actually insane because you see even what i realized how little value some companies have are the companies that started making branded masks for their brand don't get me started on that because you're taking me into like a rabbit hole where i'm just gonna it's just utterly but it just shows you how like some companies are literally just trying to make money on anything yeah yeah it's like there's no there's no limit there's no if the next thing is butt plugs they're coming out with the branded butt plugs that's happening guys flowered butt plugs yeah or little teddy bear butt plugs and they brand it right on the end so you can see the brand when it's in what which one you got really you've clearly given this way more thought than i have but yeah go for it patent the product (laughs) patent the the branded ones oh man (laughs) yet again capitalism in its essence like i will never forget being in new york like 10 years ago on holiday and it just all of a sudden i was like in around like union square and it started raining a lot like out of the blue and literally it took like i would say like it took two minutes and people started popping off like street vendors so literally i looked around and every corner there was some dude selling umbrellas for five dollars and i was like but i literally just looked at that corner and nobody was there it's like man like capitalism works hard dude like the weather works hard but capitalism works harder so isn't that kind of like what the mask thing is about everybody's not wearing a mask but i just i just don't really like the cutification of this thing like i just find it the cute i just made up that word but like like, people people like who would buy a pink mask a a pink a baby pink mask because they have a baby pink shirt so they want it to be matching i'm not gonna get into i'm not gonna get into my we we already discussed that i'm not gonna get into that but let's just say in a fashion like for me masks are fashion so you can like in nine times out of ten i'm gonna take the ugliest masks just to make a statement i'm never gonna go buy a pretty mask because i just don't really stand by the idea so but it's just like um it's just like when people start marketing t-shirts with che guevara's face on it yeah and which is just like he would pretty much just roll over in his grave he's like but i'm like a communist and you're selling my face on an ugly t-shirt from china for like five dollars it's just sometimes things aren't really thought through but i mean i guess the mass people are making shit ton of money so i mean good for them i guess i'm just not gonna 
I, I, I'd be surprised I, if they're making that much money. And, and even not even if they were making a lot or not, I wonder if the consumers of that even realize what's happening. Well, it's a cutification of something that I don't think should be taken lightly and made cute. I but but that's what I'm saying. Like, if they don't, like, you know how there's some people that could be like, yo, this is disgusting that a brand that I trusted, let's just say I trusted, uh, I don't want to say a brand that I might want to do something with in the future, yeah, but let's just X. say brand, brand X. X that used to make chocolate bars right now started making masks mm. branded x mm. and there's some people that are like this is disgusting these guys are literally just trying to make money on me on any way and then there's the other mm -hmm. side of it that people are like i'm so happy that brand x made these masks so i could be one right. step closer to brand x mm -hmm. and i feel that most people are going that second like that second route where they're like oh i'm so happy that x brand is making masks and they're not even questioning the fact that these brands are just trying to make any money they can on you in any shape or form. Well, I guess that's what happens when when businesses that really are about making money, because that's what businesses are about, try to like ride the wave of something that's like kind of uh, important at the moment. In the, in the, so like, let's say a company like H&M that, that makes a t-shirt that says like, I'm a feminist. And at the same time, they have sweatshops in Bangladesh where they're paying women like minimum wages to make those same t-shirts. It's kind of like a paradox, right? That they make a t-shirt called so kind of, I think it's always problematic when, when capitalist interests try to like ride the wave of being like morally good, whether it's about health or feminism or anti-racism or whatever. Cause at the end of the day, when it boils down to it, they're all about the money and there's nothing wrong with that. But I do prefer companies that are just upfront about it like we are about the money it's gonna be the new it. brand right there we're in it for the money guys <laughs> we're all about the money we're making that money mayo we're making that we're those money the eggs bling. the cash money bling that's what we're about <laughs> just be about it but I just everyone like just shows up to the in. office blinged out all the time yo money make a gym <laughs> but like the the the, the, the like becoming like political and trying to be like, yeah, we, you know, we care about women and that's why we made this feminist t-shirt, but at the same time, we're like screwing over women in Bangladesh. It's, you know. But don't you think that's also happening, let's say with politicians nowadays, that they, they wear one face on TV and in the media, and then they have a completely other face in reality. And they're like, hey guys, we should really save the environment. And then they have a V8 gas sucker car and they're like, Oh no, but I need this to be comfortable. You're yeah. like, you're like, but bro, I thought we're all about like, let's go another way, you know, another direction. And they just do that yeah. or, or they say, like, Hey, you should do this. And then they do that. Slide yeah, I mean, of hand. It's not a hand. But I think Leo DiCaprio wants to like save the bear somewhere, somewhere, but then I guess he rides his jet plane all over the world, private plane to like save those bears. And of course there's like a contradiction there. Yeah, uh, I'm so bored with politics on a like, I'm so bored with like politicians and politics and like, yeah. I'm not even monitoring the US elections or anything. It just bores me. So I wouldn't know what politicians but, do. But you see, that's maybe the, the, the issue is like, they've been, they've managed to consume the guys that are consumable, right? Like the people that mm -hmm. don't want to think much that just like to be entertained all day, every day. 
and those are the guys that actually vote those are the guys that are watching this this horse shit and people like you are at the point where like you had it up to here and you're like i don't care anymore i might not even vote anymore because there's just a bunch of savages running around there and it's a zoo and then what happens is those guys that are consumed by this uh by the the roman circus are the ones who actually are affecting the future direction you know like because you're not engaged anymore you're just doing your own thing but i get it i get what you mean i mean i would always vote i think i mean i i everybody should always vote vote. Mm -hmm. like i i vote so i do but definitely i i am a little bit like politically bored and definitely if i were engaged it would be positive i'm just not no, because I've been I've been talking to some people and about like let's say like psychopath uh, characteristics and what how like you know how we think of psychopaths usually has to do with like a girl or a guy in some like relationship right but psychopath characteristics can show up in all types of things and mm-hmm. in all types of shapes and forms and it's like the the world in a way is run by like psychopaths because to be able to want to rule millions of people or do this or do that, like, it's not a normal guy who decides to, like, I'm going to take upon this mission, you know, and you can have psychopath traits that lead to good, and you can have psychopath traits that lead you down and lead others down with you down some dark path, and Mm -hmm. the people that might, quote, unquote, know better, they might not know that they know better, but they're, like, just keeping to themselves, working on themselves, whatever it might be, since they're not engaged, the only ones that are engaged are those guys that are like the bad psychopath. Like I'm going to drag a bunch of people down with me in this mission, this, whatever it could be. It could be some, it could be some scam. It can be some policies that uh, are completely counterproductive. And then the guys that, uh, you know, like what you're saying before people that don't like you're saying, like not everyone should have to be a high performer. Let's say it's okay to not be, those are the mm-hmm. guys that are sort of like sitting there consuming it because they're just like chilling at their house. They watch the movies that they make. They watch the TV shows they make or the news reels that they're on. And this is what's mm-hmm. sort of leading the future. I get what you mean. Like, I, I, I and then you have a point. Yeah. But don't you think that- So don't we still... all have the responsibility to sort of engage? Well, yeah, but I think that engagement can take place differently. Like, let's just say when I'm like, when I'm trying to be cool and cute and be like, I'm bored, politics bore me. I mean that in the sense of like, do I follow uh, the American debates right now? No, I don't because they bore me. But you can be political in different ways. You can even be political in your day-to-day life, which is like what products you choose to consume, how you choose to interact with other people, like how you decide to raise certain topics. Like, let's say I'm sitting in an at a, in a private dinner and I hear somebody passing a racist remark, I mean, I would definitely be a person around that table that would be like, hey, do you know the context of what you just said and call that person out? That's also being political. So I just think that you can do it. I just don't see myself as a person leaving a legacy in a grand scheme of way of like maybe starting an association or a movement. But I think in, in our day-to-day lives, we can all do good by voting, by deciding what products we choose to purchase and not how we deal with other people, how we address political topics in our like intimate circle. So in that sense, everybody can do something. I just think that everybody leaves their legacy in in different ways. And not everybody has to do that in the most extravagant Americanized way where it's like, I started this 
nonprofit organization? Oh, well, nonprofit's the biggest joke nowadays. Well, I wouldn't know. Anyone, anyone, anyone that tells me nonprofit, I, I always just wink at them. I'm like, I get you. Okay. <laughs> oh, one of those. Okay, I get you. <laughs> yeah. What I do think is important as a person is to like read about things and learn about things. That I do think, I, I mean, as a, I would say if anything, an obligation as a human being is to like, hey, this Black Lives Matter thing, I see it a lot on like TV. Like, what's that about? Like, you know, read, I mean, just educate yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, oh, why are they, these trans people being so loud about like, uh, read and like when I say read I don't mean like a BuzzFeed article on Facebook I mean like yeah. actually read literature and be woke not in the millennial sense of the way where you just publicize a hashtag but yeah. I mean for example in the Black Lives thing I mean I read this literature for years because it interests me you know what I mean and then all of a sudden it became a hashtag so I just think if there's anything we need to do as humans living in this world with psychopaths, the way you say running us, I think it's even more important than ever to elevate ourselves and to be well-read and apply like source criticism and and inform ourselves beyond the quick clips on Instagram, beyond the hashtag that's trending at the moment. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. hear the term, uh, go woke, go broke? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But I think you can be woke and not broke because I'm pretty woke and I'm not broke. But it's also like companies though. It's like a lot of companies were just trying to join the trend of going uh, woke and then they actually backfired on them one way or another because they realized like, wait a minute, these guys are saying about this woke life are actually completely not our clientele. They actually right. pushed away our clientele because there's also people that are, are you know, when you said go woke, I was about, I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried in a sense, but I realize your meaning is a little bit different than the mainstream meaning of what it is. You're just saying like to I'm educate meaning, yourself I'm and inform yourself. Hipster, I'm not meaning the hipster-esque woke. I mean exactly. the woke of like actually like applying the work of like learning things that we're living in this globalized yeah. world where shit happens in China and it affects all, all of us. And maybe not just seek information through Instagram and Twitter and like short little things. And that forwarded just, WhatsApp voice notes. Exactly just try to like read about things i don't know or if you do hear a voice note and they say doctor such and such said this how about you actually type in doctor such and such exactly. from such and such university and figure out exactly. if that guy is actually a real guy exactly or if he's one of those nigerian doctors that like wants to have like a million bucks when he shows up in your email you know yeah oh i give them always a million dollars you do yeah 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 i kind of feel time. bad I feel bad. They always have this big family feud going on and somebody died and they really need the 1 million. I just, and sometimes for them to release the 25,865,032, dollars and 25 cents, they need $5,000 to release the funds. Totally. You know, I, I always mean... feel bad. I'm like, guys, I, am, I completely understand you. I need, I'm, where do I send the money? Exactly. Like you want to help out. Yeah, where do I mail it to? Where do I mail the check? Help a Nigerian brother out, for God's That's sake. For, for real. I can't yeah. wait to go to Nigeria one day and just go to the coffee shops and be like, hey, are you the dude that emailed me? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get yeah. the money? Did you get the money, uh, Ram Raman? Did you get it? 
I sent it like three years ago and I just came to check in on you because the money hasn't hit my bank account. And I understand we're far away. So sometimes it takes time for it to transfer over. I don't know. I'm I'm more worried because you said your whole family passed away and, and this is it. Yeah. So I'm just here to check on you. Totally. Good deed. It's, it's hilarious though how those like you know how that's a thing like you say nigerian scam and then people are like they know it instantly that's like they're yeah brand. like is nigeria yeah. known for anything else other than scams actually one of my favorite writers is from uh, nigeria she writes great literature i can't pronounce her name her 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 name is chimananda i can't pronounce her last name but she's a great there's so many good things coming out of nigeria that's not no no hate on nigeria we're just joking about scammers she's just joking i'm serious (laughs) (laughs) oh man sad pete so you've lived in different places in the world and i just want to know if you see a difference between first world countries and third world countries like do you see pros and cons behind um is that even a thing? Do you think like, do you think a third world country, what do you think that's even a thing first off? Yeah. Yeah, it is a thing. It's a fun. Okay. Like, what does that mean to you though? What would a third world country have or not have that a first world country has? And is there things that a third world country has that first world countries don't have? Mm, I mean, off the bat, just standard of living and the way workers live in Sweden, as opposed to DR, for example, where you can definitely yeah. be like a, supermarket cashier here and definitely live a dignified life and have a cute little house and maybe even go on a holiday abroad once a year you're definitely going to live less lavish than a doctor or an engineer would here too but i think the the minimum is way higher here whereas in dr for example there is an extreme poverty in a different way so i would say like the poverty issue of course but do you think the quality of life is like um affected in a way because don't you see also a lot of people happy smiling enjoying themselves like they don't really grasp like because you're saying the standard of living you know you're like oh they have a cute little house and stuff but then sometimes like if you don't know about that concept then it doesn't affect you because it never crossed your mind in a way uh yes and partly that could be true but i definitely have a thing against the stereotype of the happy poor person because i think that's the way to maintain class relationships the way they are i think like it's a cliche image hey they're really poor and they don't have to be they don't have any tea but look at them smiling and dancing i think that's kind of like ridiculing people and i think that's kind of like underestimating people i'm sure dominicans are for example very happy kind people that's you know and yes do they laugh more often do they engage in conversation more lightly do they dance more yes although i don't like to talk about people in stereotypical ways but at the same time, I'm never going to think that that person doesn't struggle or suffer from being poor because it's just not fun being poor. So I'm not going to like be like, hey, but you know, in Africa, they're so happy because they're just dancing and they have a lot of rhythm. So they don't yeah. care about money because I just think that's a way for like the Western part of the world or us more privileged people to keep kind of this whole caste system that we have going in place of being like, hey, it's fine. Yeah. Like I can just live my life. They're happy. So yeah, I think Swedes have a lot to learn from Dominicans on how to be more happy and being more grateful, but things they have, but yeah, I feel like I'm faced very often in the DR with people 
being very poor and being very unhappy about it too. I mean, I speak to my cleaning ladies oftentimes and they're all really sad over not being able to like retire, you know, and having to work until, you know, the end of their life. So, I mean, I think that they can dance and be happy and yet be very unhappy and very worried about their finances. And what do you think, like, cause you said like, what makes a person then rich or because you said poor, right? So what is the opposite? Like what would be okay then? I think, I mean, what do you mean it's okay? I, because you're like, yeah. ah, some people are poor and you're not saying, and you're saying that's not okay. So I'm like, what would be the reverse? Because I'm guessing you're not saying that they have to be billionaires, that they have to no, be multimillionaires, but I'm just saying, no. so I'm saying, what is that thing? It, what is that thing? Oh, no, that thing is not having to worry about your feeding your children or or definitely having like dental care done when you need it and not when you need a, 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 an important surgery, not not being like sent to a really poor public hospital where they kind of like don't give you the care that you need. I think it's the basics yeah. like food, house, shelter and care. I think those are the basics that every human should have. Beyond that, if we're driving a Rolls Royce because you deserved it and some guy is driving his Pasola, fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think standards of like, I think housing, food, like care, when it comes to like medical care, those are all basic human rights that we should have guaranteed. And I don't see those things being guaranteed in third world countries. Yeah, I know that they do work on them because I have friends that work in like um, government projects for building homes hmm. and things like that. But it is also difficult because, um, you know, sometimes like you saw this happen in, uh, you see this happen actually right now. Uh, I know people that buy merchandise from Haiti because the guys mm -hmm. in Haiti that receive all these donations from companies, from individuals, whether it's clothing or whatever, they just sell it off. Right. You know, they're like, Hey guys, we need shirts. We need pants. We need this. They get mm -hmm. the shirts and the pants and they just sell it across the border. Mm -hmm. And they're almost like, sort of like, you know, it's hard to, you, because sometimes even this, like you see it, you can give someone a thousand dollars. It's like that, that story with, with the, with the, the three, and I forgot if it's like the three brothers and, um, one of them becomes a, a, a lawyer. The other one becomes like a doctor and then the other one's like an entrepreneur. Right. And the father says like, Hey guys, when I'm dead, uh, like he gave them all a thousand dollars each. Right. And he's like, Hey guys, when I'm dead, like, I want you guys to repay me and put that money back in the, in the grave. So the father died like many years later. And then one, the doctor gives him a thousand dollars, puts a thousand dollars, right. The lawyer, he goes there, he puts a thousand dollars. And then the entrepreneur comes, writes a check for $3,000 and then takes the 2000 and then just like leaves, you know? Right. Yeah. So he came up with this sort of like creative solution, but it's, um, it's like some people you can give them a thousand dollars and they could go blow it on alcohol and drugs. And then there's someone who might, uh, fix their teeth up instead, you right. know, and I there might be another guy that, uh, starts a, some sort of small home business, whatever it might be. Hmm. So that's the, the tricky part. You know, sometimes people give homes like in this country, they give homes to people that are furnished and the people just sell everything that's in the house. Yeah, but isn't that also the cycle of poverty? That's like generational 
poverty that's gone through like several generations where it's kind of like a habit like there's been so 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 why break someone out of that then like in the sense of like you're like no guys how you're living is not acceptable so i'm i'm gonna bring you up to the the standard that i think that living is acceptable you know generations i think it takes generations to break the habits of poverty i think it's going to take like maybe two or three generations until that person realizes that, listen, I don't have to set, sell off these furniture. I'm actually pretty good with my basic needs. Do you know what I mean? But if you, if you, yeah. a person that never had anything, can you really blame that person for having his first instinct is like, let's sell this off to get cash money to save it for a rainy day. I mean, isn't that just all cycle? But what if it's not to save it for a rainy day? They're like, I just want to go buy a new iPhone. Well, you know what, Charles, there's never going to be a system that's optimal. We don't really live in utopia, right? So it's always yeah. chosen, in my opinion, it's always chosen, like, choosing like the lesser of two evils in any system, whatever way you choose to like drive a society forward, there's always going to be loopholes. There's always going to be people using the system, abusing the system. But I think- So what do you, you do to those that- people? You let them keep running free reign or oh, you guess there, punish there or- there must be like sanctions in place where you realize, oh, you messed up. Well, you're, we're going to put you on the shit list. You're never going to get a government grant again. I mean, there are already those pl- things in place. Like in Sweden, you have a lot of sub, um, subsidies systems where you get like subsidies from the government for like housing or for having X amount of kids. But obviously these public authorities investigate and sometimes they realize, hey, you lied about like having three kids. You actually just have one kid. You have to pay this money back and we're going to put you to court. So like, there are definitely like structures around there where you can put sanctions, but I don't yeah. think those people should be the reason for keeping the grand majority of people poor just because some loser is going to like abuse the system because there's always going to be somebody abusing the system. Yeah. No, those are those interesting questions of like how to handle those situations. And then also those sort of arbitrary concepts of what is good, what is bad living and because like now, for example, in this country, everyone's like, ah, if you don't have air conditioning, how do you live? It's so hot, <laughs> you know? I never put on air con because it's so expensive. I don't think air con is a part of living well, but I do think okay. we're talking about the basics. We're talking about like having teeth in your mouth, having a sick child and being able to take that to hospital. I'm not talking yeah. about the luxury of life. I think everybody deserves to, to get hospital care. I think everybody deserves to get fed and have a dignified house. I think everybody deserves to have teeth. You see 16 year olds in the Dominican Republic that don't have teeth that function in their mouth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not the lack of teeth, the fact that there's a society in place that, that, that like allows young people to walk around without teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm getting you and I'm I'm just like thinking about it all. That's why I'm just saying, yeah. And uh, it's, it's things that are not uh, challenges that are tricky because then you also have people that might start a nonprofit because they're like, yo, people really need teeth. And then they're just like siphoning money out of this thing, for example, you know, and that's yeah, also the messed up thing. Yeah. But the, then you have like big company leaders that embezzle billions of money. You know, you have the thing like with the Panama papers a years back were pretty much like, I don't know if you remember that story with the Panama papers, but this thing, yes. they just discovered this whole plot where like all of the big, big guys in the world, like all the richest people had like embezzled money, hidden off money in Panama bank accounts. I mean, sure. honestly, I also think in the grand scheme of things, the toothless guy that sells 
his chair to make an extra buck to go buy some presidentes, he's yeah. not really in the grand scheme of things the big issue here. The big issue is what's going on behind the scenes, the 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 real players that you don't even think about that are doing a lot of dirty things in like bank accounts in Panama or Switzerland or whatever. Yeah. Let's focus on those people instead of like depriving instead of like critiquing poor people for acting in accordance with their poverty. It's a tricky thing, you know, because in the end, it almost all comes from the same place, like deep mm. down, you know, because they're all, like you said, human in a way. Really? So really? in the end, it all comes from the same place. It's just on a different scale. Yeah. But and sometimes that guy that might've embezzled millions or billions of dollars uh, he might be the guy that brought electricity to a whole country. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey guys, the only reason why you have power here is because of me. And it happened to be that I just overcharged everyone for the last 25 years and didn't pay any taxes on it. And, but you had electricity. So right. which one do you want? You know, and all this extra money didn't affect anyone anyways. You guys are just mad about it now because you figured out that I'm just super loaded and well if it was evaded tax it did affect a lot of people because it affected like public roads and hospitals and shit so definitely affected people and the best thing would have been a guy that yeah but he didn't want to give the public roads because he knew the guy that makes the public roads is always overcharging on the contract so he's like why am i going to pay to over to give this guy my money now so screw that guy and you know you're putting me into like this rabbit hole we can like go on and on and on yeah. and on about but i definitely come from a school of thought where i do think that the big that most people, people are people are good that we are inherently good i definitely yeah. think so yeah. I, t- I think we are inherently like good most people are good if, if i if my motto ever broke down in the dr wherever i was however poor that person was i always got help yeah I you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just think the majority of us are inherently good, irrespective of what the media feeds us. I feel like in my day-to-day life, having traveled and lived different places, people are good. So you can't create a society based on the losers that aren't. You have to create like an optimal society with that kind of- but I guess emotion. you got you to create the checks and balances for mm, everyone totally. and apply it equally exactly. across the board. And I think that's exactly. also what's maybe not happening, you know, because everyone has this mirage or they create this illusion that like hey guys we're gonna make justice everywhere and don't you worry we're gonna do this for everyone and then next thing you know that guy who made that speech was also doing the same thing that everyone else was doing you know like stealing money and doing this that's why you have a transparent society with rules in place you know like in sweden for example you have transparency laws which is pretty much every public document that isn't like confidential is 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 open for you or any, I mean, I could literally walk into any government office today and be like, I want tax papers belonging to that and that person. Yeah. It's just about transparency. I mean, a few years ago we had, um, do you say minister in the government? One of yeah. the, yeah, like we had a minister in the government like years ago when I was a kid and it was this big scandal because it turned out that she had bought a Toblerone, which is this chocolate. I heard about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I told you about this with her, her with her government issued card that was for and you know it was called Top Toblerone Gate in Sweden, and she was actually had to like leave her position because you know she had mixed up her role. Like they're like, why are you using a government issued card for? 
personal purchases. So, I mean, there are definitely ways to like, to fix that. Was she a good person in her, in her role though? Yeah, she was a good person in her role, but I just think that the public Son of a knew of her. I think she kind of lost face in front of the public that her they were like, just, if you're doing this, what else are you like? And did, 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 did someone ask her that? They're like, if you're, if you're, if you're buying these Toblerones, <laughs> what else are you doing? And she's like, ah, well, I guess it's just I like bought a Trident gum once, guys. I think it's just crossing that line, right? Like if you have yeah. a bank card that your employer gave you, you just kind of like the fact that you even, it even I wish I had an employer that gave me a bank card. Jesus, can this, does that happen? Can that happen? I can I get one. that? I had one with my previous one and I didn't buy Toblerone on it. I would maybe, what if you bought, what if she bought Toblerone for the president? <laughs> that's, I know that you're not a pothead, but that's just something a pothead would say. Yeah, but what if that was the case? And she's like, yeah. she, held, she held this whole secret together. The dude who's the president's like, yo, really thank you for taking the fall. I, <laughs> because this would have been even a bigger scandal if you would have bought it to give it to me as a gift yeah Oof. after work hours as well i was going to eat that chocolate not during work hours because you know i have my diet and i was going to eat it probably around nine o'clock when i'm off duty so yeah. yeah i heard about that i remember the toberon gate no it's really that's the thing you know it's finding out the that balance the yin yang of uh, right and wrong and how to navigate it and the unfortunate side that i do see myself is that i find that um it's like watching politics is almost like watching a comedy show. Like I, I see it as like, uh, is there a TV show of like who's lying? Uh, no. Like there's I, like maybe three people lined up and then like one dude's saying a story, the other dude's saying a story, and the other dude's saying a story. And you're like trying to figure out who's lying. And you're like, man, mm -hmm. all these stories just sound so good. And I really think his name is James. And right. then you're like, he's a liar. And I almost find it's like that with politics now. It's like, you're like, wait, you're going to promise to build Ferris wheels in everyone's backyard? <laughs> Is this going to happen? Right. You know, and then he gets elected and you're like, wait a minute, he's not going to build the Ferris wheels? What the hell has just happened, guys? Right. Or, or a wall. Or a wall. Like a really like cute wall with lots of like graffiti on it. That would be pretty cool. Hey, don't, hey, I bet you can't jump it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the other side, it's like, I did. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Inspirational right there. Yeah. No, so, um, Seppi, you know, I think, I think we, we went through it all, but you know what I would like to, I don't know if there's other things that are very, there's so many critical, uh, very important topics that we could talk about. And uh, we could all both become maybe diplomats. And nobody's going to be like, everybody's going to like have turned it off like 10 hours ago. They're going to be, be like, you'd be surprised. And um, even though the videos are not getting, uh, let's say those, mil I wasn't like, people were asking like, oh, what are you doing for? And I'm like, I'm doing it just because I find just like in reading something, just like in watching something, this might not be the best habit of mine. I try to find meaning and create meaning in certain things. Like someone might mm -hmm. say something. Mm -hmm off the cuff mm -hmm. and they're like oh, I didn't mean that and I'm like they might have meant that you know mm -hmm. or what was behind 
them saying those things. And sometimes it's nothing, but sometimes it is something. And having these sort of like uh, conversations about all types of things can lead to anything. And, yeah. and that's why I think it's just good to sort of have them. There are people that I consider NPCs in this life that are literally, um, for lack of better words, like taking air. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. I think that they can change, that they can maybe do better or whatever it is. And this can come from any country in the world, any type of person. But I find that there's some people that are just not actively living or engaging in life. They're sort of just drifting. Right. right. And let's say you, you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to do, you're like this legacy rah-rah stuff. I'm not interested in that. I'm just working on myself. I'm trying to work on my own errors, not commit errors that I committed before, learn, develop. I'm like, that's already a great thing. Mm. Like that's already like a huge step forward because a mm. lot of people, they could give two shits. They're like, right. wow, what do you mean? Like I'm Netflixing, I'm chilling. Yeah, 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 uh, exactly. I'm on that, I'm on that social. Uh, yeah. I got this, I got this face mask that says I'm woke. <laughs> and yeah, totally. Uh, it's a waste of life, you know, it's a waste of brain. And it, I mean, we're not, we have. Well, that's the thing is like sort of what you were saying though, is saying that it's not a waste, right? You're like, everything matters. And I'm like, then again, that's sort of not, in my opinion, that's not the reality. I'm like, there are some people that are literally just taking space and taking space in a way that it's like, if they at least kept in their own line, that'd be great. But it's like, they're not even keeping in their own line. They're just getting drifted off by some other guy's agenda. And then that guy's agenda is a very destructive agenda. And they're just supporting it because they're like, this sounds great, you know? Right. And they're not thinking. So they're actually causing more trouble, more hoops, more difficulties, more intricacies that don't even need to be there. Because we could all right. live a simple, nice life and probably have all these things you said, unlimited food, unlimited care, uh, better, educa better education. Because I think also if we we're better educated, we wouldn't also have all the health issues we have. Because mm -hmm. people are just overindulging in all types of stuff. Right? Mm -hmm. And we built up these cultures of, and these norms that are very destructive. Right. And then we built these ways to bring ourselves back to just destroy ourselves again, to just bring ourselves back to destroy ourselves again. And mm. this can be personally, this can be uh, in a society, this can be in all types of ways, shapes and forms, but it's, uh, so yeah, like just having conversations are interesting and people do watch it all. That's actually what I was gonna get to. People actually watch it all the way till the end. So Yay. I do get, yeah. yeah. We do get some messages once in a while, like, hey, that was good. That was great. Or, hey, buddy, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> well, I want to, to everybody that's still watching, kudos to you. Yeah. Do you want to, you want to like leave them with some knowledge, like some, some, because oh. you, you left them with uh, your philosophy, which is kindness. You're like, just be kind. And yeah. uh, we don't know exactly what kindness means because uh, is it 10%? Is it 25%? We don't know. But whatever you think being kind is, just be that, exactly. I guess. Yeah, be, 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 be kind. That's what my dad said. And he's kind of, I think, yeah. My dad always said, be kind, it, multi it multiplies. I just think that's great. Kindness <laughs> multiplies. No, and it's true. And uh, that's actually, I'll send you a video. Uh, that I sent to, it's in German though. So you have to read the subtitles. 
but it is actually very good. And that's sort of what the guy was saying. He was saying like, you know, this whole grand, these grand uh, ideas of how to solve complex problems, like they're not for everyone. So he's like, what is a practical way for everyone to move forward? He's like, he gave an example of like, if a guy left, he's like a simple way to sort of like kindness uh, multiplies. He's like, imagine it's a rainy day, okay? You get out of your car, you're walking and then you see another guy get out of his car and start walking in an opposite direction and he left his headlights on, you know? He's like, you have the decision there to keep walking or walk through the rain and be like, hey man, you left your headlights on. Of course. And then you go tell him he left his headlights on. He's like, shit, this guy just ran through the rain to tell me I left my headlights on. And then yeah. he thinks about that. And in the future, he might do something that's nice. Totally. And then that I, person does something that's nice. And then you as totally. yourself doing those nice things are just yeah. like multiplying. So it is true. And kindness can come in all shapes and forms. Just like saying, hey, that dress looks very good on you. Or that, pink, that or baby pink uh, turtleneck is the best baby pink turtleneck I've ever seen in my life. And, um, and yeah, that could be it. So yeah, kindness multiplies. Your, your headphones look really cool. And like, they look like the sound quality is like amazing. Just want to commend you on the choice of like headphones. I can hear each letter out of all your words. Wow. That was like five A's. This is Seppi being like, Listen, this is the end of class where I like see myself, like my energy levels are going low and I'm getting silly. So I think this would be a good time to like wrap it up before. No, like, it's, I... it, it's been wrapped up actually. It's already wrapped oh, up. Really? Yeah, people okay. left. No one's here anymore. Okay. Yeah. So in any case, Seppi, um, I don't think you're trying to sell anything. So there's no plugins for you. You're just trying to- No. Oh. No, I mean, I'm a really good copywriter. So if anybody needs somebody to write, you can like use me for that. Are you a ghostwriter too? Like if I told you a concept of a book, you just write it and then I just pay you a small fee and I make all the money and then we live this capitalistic. Uh... You don't pay me a small fee. That's where you went wrong, but you pay me a fee. It'll be an acceptable fee. Acceptable, totally. Yeah, I'm a writer. I can write anything. Oh, that's good. Good to know. Learning something. Like, yeah, no, day. I'm not doing marketing. I'm just, I'm just messing around. Uh, okay www.sepi is a Going great lawyer.com and like well, yeah follow well, me on instagram i have like a lot of followers what is your instagram i'm just i'm joking dude oh, okay. i wouldn't be so narcissistic to like accumulate followers to my instagram account it's also interesting that they call it followers but a lot of people don't follow anything those guys say like exactly. the influencers, you know, they're like, I'm an influencer. And then you're like, Hey, we had this, <laughs> we had this one person. We're like, Hey, um, can you promote this one product? And they shared the stats with us. Right. Of like, uh, what actually came from it. Yeah. The engagement level and stuff. Uh, they have 50,000 quote unquote followers. Um, right. they put up this image. They got thousands of likes. They got, uh, thousands of impressions, zero clicks, you see? zero sales. 
Yeah, it's all about the engagement. It's not really like, about the amount of followers. And I'm like, you whatever know, followers not- you got, tell them not to follow me because they they ain't my type of followers. I need people that are go that are gonna go destroy things when we when I say so. All or right, buy things. I get it. You want minions, you don't want followers. That's what they should call that's what they should when you have an actual influencer influencer account, you have minions, like a small like tab that says minions. Yeah, you want like a minion. But I'm gonna send I mean, that to, to Mark Zuckerberg. Up, but I for me, it's actually the opposite. I actually read an article in The Cut, which is a really good online magazine, whatever, a few months back, which was called The Anti-Influencer, which was about this counter movement. Uh, drags people away. Which is pretty much like if I see an influencer marketing a product, I know what not to buy. And to be honest, that kind of applies to me. Like we're all, the market is getting so saturated. We're getting yeah. all of these messages of buy this vitamin detox thing or buy this healthy tummy tea or buy this fucking like whatever. And yeah, that tummy good. Well, whatever, but it's, there's this counter trend where it's like the anti-influencer, which is pretty much that anything that an influencer markets, I just know what not to buy. Well, that's the same thing that I was saying with the people, the brands that started selling face masks during this whole thing, right? Brand I'm probably not going to be a loyal customer anymore. Yeah. So that's actually good. The anti-influencer. Yeah. Jesus. Now I know what to do. Send your competitor brands to anti-influencer. Wait, two seconds. Two seconds. Well, you got to pee. It's actually a good idea as to whoever, to whoever's listening and watching. I think uh, the door. There was a ring on the door. This is a competitive uh, strategy right here. You find your competitors' brands and you find the biggest anti-influencers on the market, and you send them those products. You're like, hey, can you please? Uh, promote this brand for us and they don't even care because they just accept money and promote anything and then people are like uh screw that brand see that's your oh next my business God. Idea. that's gonna be i'm gonna start a media company and i don't know if you want to be partners in it but this is gonna be called the anti-influencer company where we're just gonna throw brands down the drain real quick but what I do, what I do want you to do, if you yeah. want to, please Google it. The cut and like the anti-influencer. It's not I'm that gonna, long. I'm gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If it's longer it. than one minute, then it's not my thing. Like I just like to read headlines. But, I get uh, it. Try to challenge yourself. Yeah, I will. Yeah. But all right, Seppi, it was a pleasure, and I hope your brain doesn't hurt too much. But I hope you also got some little bit of value out of this. And I did. I always get a value out of talking to you and thank you for finding me interesting enough to have a talk with me. Yeah. And yeah, it was my pleasure. And I think my brain grew if it can. And let's see if you're interesting enough to, to have a second talk one day. Ooh, that's the, that's wow. the big one, right? It's like, it's one thing to get taken out on a date once. It's another thing to be taken out on a date twice. Normally so... that doesn't happen to me. I'm pretty much dumped after the first one, but let's see, maybe this is like the golden. This is the turnaround. This is the comeback. You know, hopefully. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed and you're going like this. See, that's why you don't get invited a second time. They're like, this person <laughs> just has saying. no idea what's going on. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anyway, peace out. Yeah? Peace out. Yeah. Thank you very much again. And um, I, I like that. Yeah. actually looked like a bit Asian-y. That's a stereotype. Oh, she brought the surfer out. <laughs> you're just putting it all together all in one yeah, all right exactly. Seppi okay. have a good one and this call will be ended right yeah. now <laughs> bye right. bye